Hello, this is Ada Piedarico, and you're listening to Journey Within, Insights on the Soul's Path, an audio archive of blog posts, personal insights, and conversations about the path to self-mastery and fulfillment. I hope you'll enjoy the content, and more importantly, that it'll spark the self-inquiry, contemplation, and reflection that forms the path for the journey within. Thanks for being here, for opening your mind, your heart, and your soul. My guest today is Nicole Rodriguez. Nicole is an entrepreneur, the founder of NRPR Group, her PR agency, and she is a dear friend. We have a really beautiful conversation. Nicole is one of the most optimistic and high energy, but also high integrity people that I know. And that comes through loud and clear in this interview where we really talk about a lot of things. We talk about her career, how she started really from nothing, the eldest of nine kids, and now owns and runs her own PR firm in Los Angeles. She is a single mom. She's been raising a beautiful daughter uh, since getting out of college And she has dedicated her working life really to being a role model for others and especially to children. So in addition to her PR firm, she has her own nonprofit organization called Young Dreamers, and she speaks at schools and inspires students, shows them, gives them different perspective on how they can take charge of their own lives, how they have the power within themselves to do what they dream to do, and no one can tell them differently. In our conversation, we talk about mindset, about the fixed mindset, the growth mindset, how important it is to believe in yourself, how her habits around goal setting and going for it have been the cornerstone of her success. She does everything with heart and soul. And as she says, her heart leads and her mind follows, which is such a beautiful approach and an approach that I'm trying to work towards as well. She is a role model to thousands of kids in these schools where she's talking to, definitely to her daughter and for me. And I hope that after you hear this episode and this conversation that she'll be a role model for you as well. This is Nicole Rodriguez. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you. I've been wanting to speak to you on the podcast for a while and you've been so busy. You are one of the most inspiring female entrepreneurs I've known in my lifetime. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just so honored to have you on the podcast. And I appreciate the time that you took because you're in your Las Vegas office in between all these meetings, as you do, right? CEO life, as you like to hashtag a lot on your social channels. So what's going on right now for you in Vegas? We were chatting about it earlier, but I think the work that you're doing in general, which I'd really like for you to to tell everyone about when we talk about meaning, you are living your meaning like no one else I know. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. It's an honor to be on your podcast and a tremendous honor to even be your friend. And I've just 
I, I think the world of you too. So I could go on and on and gush about how amazing I think you are and how great it is that you have this podcast and you're inspiring so many people. So, you know, happy to participate and help however I can. And uh, hopefully your listeners can, you know, get a lot of, out of our exchange of love here on, the, right. on this episode. <laughs> Yeah, so let's like let's jump right in. We were we were just chatting about what's going on in Vegas and you know, you have an office here in LA, you have an office in Las Vegas. Why don't you give everyone a quick overview of what this office is and what yeah. you do so they they really know who you are. Sure. So, NRPR Group is obviously the the main company. It was the first company that I started back in 2014. And it was always my dream to start an agency of my own that was solidified in meaning in, you know, how do I put it, being the agency that I had always hoped I would work at, if that makes sense. One where we care about the clients, where we even limit the number of clients that we have so that we make sure that we give the existing clients the love and attention that they need, which is not always the case when you go to certain agencies. It's always like more, 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 and then clients feel neglected, just like with relationships. So NRPR really started as, you know, yeah, like I said, my first company. And what we did two years into it, I thought, you know, we don't have a corporate social responsibility program. And I'm really big on inspiring kids. As you already know, I have an awesome teenager. I'm I'm blessed to have her. And, you know, I've parented in my own way. Not everyone would agree with the how much I work and, you know, what I've done to build my career. But I always thought leading by example and showing my daughter me living my purpose and my truth was always going to be the best way to inspire her was, you know, I don't know, actions speak louder than words. And yeah. so here I have this tremendously well-balanced 17-year-old. I feel like I've done something right with her. We get along. We She works hard. She's super dedicated. And it's because she's seen me do it. And, you know, so for me, I thought, well, we should probably start something together, something that really helps with kids because she came to me and said, you know, mom, I'm really blessed to have parents like you and dad because it's really hard for some of the kids at my school. And I asked her to explain and basically she broke it down to three types of parents. She said, you know, there are parents over here to the left that let their kids do everything and anything they want. They don't check in with them. They kind of let them do what they want. Those are the kids who are already basically experimenting with drugs and their kid, their parents don't know. They're drinking. They're getting Airbnbs for parties and saying that they're staying the night at their friend's house and no one's checking up on them. Then you have parents that are right in the middle where they're not super on top of them, but they do pay attention. And she said, so that's like you and dad where you trust me to do my homework, but you also email my teachers and you also check in on my grades online. And you also make sure that I have a curfew and that you're checking in on what friends I have. And she said, and, and for that, I know that you know, I have your support, but I don't feel overwhelmed by you constantly being in my face. And she said, and then there's, you know, parents over here to, to the right or whatever. And these are the parents who nothing their kids do is ever right. And she said, and I won't name drop any of the kids, but she named off a kid that I've known since Yvette was in kindergarten because they've gone to school together since kindergarten. And she said, you know, she got a B plus on 
I want to say maybe a chemistry test. And she said her mom wouldn't even talk to her and basically Mm. said, you're failing. You're never going to be anything. How can you get a B plus? And she's like, mom, she's an AP honors everything. And you know what? She's so stressed out that her mom doesn't even know that when she gets to school, sometimes she'll smoke weed to just relax. And I'm like, you're kidding. No way. And she's like, yeah, mom. And she cries. She thinks she's a failure. And she's like, and I think this is why some kids just commit suicide. Because when they go home, their parents are telling them how good they're not. You know, and I just, my heart broke. And she said, you know, if, if more kids had parents that were right there in the middle, like you and dad, I think there'd be more happy kids because, you know, I'm, I'm happy and I feel like I have your support. And I said, you know what, from there, it was my motivation to be like, look, I can't parent millions of kids, but if I can be a parent, that is a good role model, not just for kids, but for parents as well, that maybe more kids and families can learn. And that's where Young Dreamers started. And that became a spinoff sort of, you know, company from NRPR group where I would just go to different schools. And I started with the schools in my hometown, which is Fremont. And I started reaching out to them and saying, look, I am a success case from the city of Fremont. Like I grew up oldest of nine kids. I paid for college myself. I've paid for everything myself. I had my daughter right after college. And here I am now with this majorly successful company that I'm very proud of. And I want other kids to be inspired, especially kids from Fremont. And so I was invited by my old elementary school to come in (laughs) graders. And it was amazing because I'm like, I was literally in that seat, really, like no joke. And they surprised me. My favorite teacher, Mr. Poe, came out. I had no idea he was going to be there. And he came and he's like, kids, this girl, let me tell you, when she was in third grade, she she had a leadership ability like no other. But like at that point, it was also me kind of talking back and telling him, you know, he was like, she was spunky, believe me. <laughs> he was trying to tell me how she was going to do her homework. And he's like, I knew all she needed to do was really hone in on the leadership skills and tighten them up. You know, he's like, but there is certainly something there. And I just cracked up. I'm like, I can't believe you remember that. Yeah. But it just it really warmed my heart. And from there, I haven't stopped. And which is why um, California, you know, we've we've gone throughout the Bay Area, we're going to be in Sacramento schools next fall. And with the expansion of NRPR group to Las Vegas, we thought, well, what's one way to open up into the community and, and try to talk to some of these schools. And I thought, great, I'm going to come and and tell them everything we've done in the California schools and Adapia, I'll tell you, it really opened my eyes to how different from different states to different schools to different districts, what kids might be going through. And for those parents who are listening and whatever, you know, there are parents here and, and this is no, not saying anything bad or whatever, but Las Vegas is a completely different community. This is the area where a lot of parents are working the bartender and casino jobs. They are literally openly strippers and prostitutes. Like this is, you know, and of course this isn't every parent, but it's very... And I don't want to say normal, but it's a thing. It's But it's their culture. It's their economy. It's how they put food on the table. it is what it is. Yeah. Yes. And so to hear a principal tell me, yeah, you know, this is just, 
you have girls in high school who think that this is the next step because this is the culture that they're around. And he's like, it's very, you know, unfortunate, but sometimes we'll get mom who's coming off a shift and she's in clear heels and glitter and walking into the principal's office right after work kind of situation. And again, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not here to judge anyone, but I will tell you that if I can have a voice and help these young girls know that this is not the next step and that I've built a business and that I can make six figures without taking my clothes off, you're darn right that I'm going to tell these girls that. And you're darn right that we're going to try to help all of these kids have the most self-respect and, and a chance to, to live their dreams and challenge themselves, challenge their young minds to do something different. And I'm not trying to destroy all of the, you know, Las Vegas's culture, but darn it. Yeah. I don't believe that these kids should be subjected to that at such a young age. And it, it breaks my heart. And so for that, here I am trying to get in front of as many schools here in this district as I can to teach these kids that, that there is another way, that there are other cities and cultures that they can become a part of. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Other industries and mm. even just the fact that you're going and speaking, like it's not even just about, Hey, you can have a different job, but you're really coming at it with your experience and you came from nothing and a lot, a lot of adversity. I mean, we know each other really well, a lot of adversity and your mindset Mm -hmm. is fundamental. So you're teaching mindset, you're teaching self-respect, self-mastery, self-discipline. You're showing them that their future is in their own hands and ultimately it will be their choice, but at least you're offering them a different perspective. Absolutely. You've nailed it. Exactly it. You know, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. I'm not here to make anyone look at, you know, their parent or whoever their caretaker is with any sort of different eyes. It's just, hey, just so you know, there are other options out there and you can have control of your life, whether you think so or not. You are your own creator. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the beauty of it. And so giving them that perspective, hopefully what it does is just inspire kids to be their true selves and know that there, there's going to be ups and downs. Everyone is faced with ups and downs, even if they're good at masking it. I'm telling you, I have my days where I can, I just sit in bed and I'm like, ugh, life is hard. <laughs> yeah. You just don't want to get out of bed. You're like, yeah, not today, dude. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. But Working from then, home. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just like, oh man, why? But that that's just part of life. And if you have the tools to get through it and know that every day is a new opportunity, then you'll have more energy to push through those days or maybe just sleep through the bad ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, you have to collect your energy back into yourself, right? Because we we run like we're limitless energetically and we're we're truly not. Caffeine, even nootropics, like they they don't add energy. So, you know, you have to take care of that and if you if you use up all the energy that you have in a day, your body's going to start 
you're going to start taking more energy from your body. That's how we get sick. When yeah. we're, we're taking, we're, we're like out of gas and we start taking it out of our body. And, and it really is a, a big shift when we can recognize if we're and energy is also like thoughts. And so in a way like that, that concept, which is very proven out actually around mindset, I'm sure you've, you've read the book, Carol Dweck's book on mindset. And I see that research being used everywhere. I was reading an article today in McKinsey about the effects of mindset being the number one determinant of a student's success at school. I will send it to you because I was reading it and I thought perfect because we were having this conversation today. It just, it just so happened that I saw it, but also that I, I read this book mindset last year and it was so clear to, to me, the, you know, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset and basically like the, I have what I have attitude and I can't change it or the, I have everything I need to change if I want to. Yeah, totally. I'll tell you, if there's one thing that as a kid in junior high, I'm thankful that somehow my family planted the seed was that I literally could do anything that I wanted, that I could make things happen, that I could become this, that I could become that. My grandparents, God bless them, you know, and my mom, I'll tell you, it just, that mindset, you know, my mom from, I would say even sixth grade, she's like, you know, what do you mean? You can't do that. Mm. Uh, you're my daughter. You know what that means? And I'd be like, well, what does that mean? Like, Oh, I'm, I'm your daughter. Does that make me like, I'm, I got superpowers. And she'd be like, uh, yeah, that actually does. Mean <laughs> I that. love that it. Means, yes. She's like, you're, you're my daughter, which means that you can have whatever you want and do whatever you want because you are special. And I looked at her, I'll tell you, and I believed her. Amazing. Straight up. And you know what? And I've believed her ever since. <laughs> but, you know, and it's it's crazy because then, you know, my grandparents were like, yeah, and you're going to be the first of us to go to college. And I would look at them and they were so confident in that. And it made me confident that that's also what my path was. And it it got me into the mindset of goal setting. And I would set a goal and just believe that I could have it. And from junior high all the way through high school, I was like, dang, this works. It is like a superpower from being like freshman class, you know, vice president to student body president to the president of the marketing class to a varsity cheerleader all four years to finally getting into college, all of those things. And then becoming homecoming queen. Dude, those were all things that in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm going to totally just do this. And then I'm going to do everything to make that happen. And then all of a sudden it happened. Because I really had the mindset that it was already mine. It just already had to happen. And I had to just make sure that I did everything possible that, you know, to, to stay on the right path for it happening. And from there, I'll tell you, it's like this habit in life that I can't shake. Now I just go for it because I believe I can do it. Yeah. And I want kids to know that that mindset, it's powerful. Oh, absolutely. Powerful. It's so powerful. And it's funny because you said, in a way you said that it things suddenly happen, but then you, 
you later said you did everything you needed to do to make it happen because it often feels or looks sudden from the outside, like especially in the context of success, like, oh, she's, you know, suddenly this or suddenly that, but it's, it's all the work that comes beforehand. It, it's like an iceberg. Like you could see the tip yeah. of the iceberg, especially if it's shining and bright and big. Uh, but underneath, like the work that went into it is hustle, which is, which is funny because it's also the word that you use with, with your PR firm and, and your newsletter, hustle with a conscience. And, you know, it, that's you. I've always thought of you that way. Is like she just really hustles so hard yeah. and your attitude and your optimism coupled with professionalism, like it just, you get things done and that's the only way to do anything. Like you can't just wish for something and then sit back. You can't just put it out to the universe and go take a nap. Like it's the two things put together, but like you said, it starts with, it's like an intention in your heart or a belief in your heart that says, I believe this and I'm going to go make it happen. And universe, you got my back. 100%. And seriously, the mindset was you know, if this is a goal that I have, don't forget it and take a look at what it took for whoever had it before or whoever preceded me. What is it that they did? What was something that, you know, so I would also look up to whomever had done something like that. So perfect example, you know, I really, really wanted to be student body president. From my freshman year, I thought, why not? There were never any females. I wanted to be you know, the first female president at our school. And there was never one in my, in in the past. And so I thought, well, what is it that Al Castillo did? And he was like a mentor of mine. He was the ASB president. He was, he was lively. He was a leader that people listened to, but he was also super down to earth and he didn't make freshmen feel like jerks. And he didn't have an ego that like made him unapproachable. And I thought, Okay, I understand. That's probably why he got some really great votes. Oh, he's also really smart. Okay, people trust him. And so I, I took that on. And then the next guy who who was ASB president after him was Jason Ledgerwood. Jason was involved in sports, just like Al. He was super down to earth, also very friendly, really smart, and people just trusted him. So they voted. After that was, you know, Eric Nielsen. He was a little bit more shy. But also, again, smart, down to earth. And I thought, these guys are approachable and people believe in them. Why not me? And, and so each year I, in, I stayed in student council and I did the work and I paid attention to what the leaders before me were doing. And I would pay attention to what all the other kids on student council would hear and what they thought of their leadership abilities. And so I, I became an understudy without them knowing I was their understudy. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I had so much confidence that there was no one else in my class that could come up against me that had learned from the best. I was the only one who had been in student council from freshman year all the way up. And I'm like, whoa, first of all, I have experience. I have these people who've mentored me without really knowing it, but they were mentoring me the whole time. And I'm like, I'm in. I know exactly. And I brought that to my speech. I was like, first of all, 
There's nobody here in this school that has more experience than I do. There's nobody here that has more passion for doing this. There's no one here that wants it more than I do. And no one here that wants to work with you guys to be a down-to-earth president and also be the first female. Like, let's go. And I was up against 12 students in the last half of it. It started with 21 of my classmates that wanted to go up and be ASB president. And I looked them all in the eyes and I was like, y'all are wasting your time. (laughs) I already had it in the mindset that I just had to, I had to go through the steps and feel like I had earned it. And so again, I walk through a lot of kids. I, I walk a lot of kids through this mindset so that they know it's not just luck and it's not just being popular. It's taking the steps and working hard and not taking your eye off the prize. Right. Well, it's funny you said, or rather what came to mind for me immediately was learn and earn, which is what you said. You learned everything you could and then you earn it. And then once you, once you do earn it, then there's the next steps, which are executing on whatever promises you've made in any area of your life. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And as you were coming out of college, like you did, so you did a lot of work corporate first. So you, before becoming an entrepreneur and opening your own PR agency, which to me is potentially one of the most difficult industries to open a new business in. I mean, I know they say restaurants, but I really think PR is, is pretty tough, (laughs) but before you opened your own firm, I mean, you had a lot, you got a lot of experience. You learned from some of the best and you worked both sides before deciding to take the plunge in 2014, which is when we met, uh, right. At the, when you were starting and we were getting started at the real estate uh, tech company where, uh, where I was at the time. So it was so auspicious, but you know, I would love for you to talk a little bit about just briefly about like that experience being in the corporate environment, because for so many people today that, might have that experience right now. Like they're in corporate, but they're feeling called, like they're feeling this pull to do something more. And A, it doesn't have to be start your own business, but you know, what can you do? What was your mindset? What were your beliefs and motivations going from corporate into this life of meaning that you keep building upon now with your, with your nonprofit? Yeah. So that great, great questions and observations. So For me, I knew that in order to feel really confident in anything you do, it takes experience. And if you're going to, I guess, venture off and start your own company, having that experience not only gives you confidence, but it also gives your potential, say, customers that type of confidence, right? I might have had some really amazing raw talents around PR that I'm I'm super glad that I just I fell into a career that I absolutely love and but it's hard man it is really hard you know and so knowing that I have been able to have great bosses who have shown me how to get through some of those hard situations and hard days imagine if I didn't have that and I was basically in my in my head and in my ego about the fact that well, I've always wanted a PR firm. I want to go do it right now. Mm. Knowing that there is a lot that goes on behind the curtain. It's not just, hey, can you write a press release and get a story? It's, can you sit down with the CEO, 
understand their business or sit down with the CMO, understand their full marketing plan and feel like you can actually come to the table with the right solutions. Oh, okay. Well, if you can't go work for someone else, let it like sink in. Mm -hmm. Take that experience. Don't let it be, oh, I don't want to work for the man. I don't want to work for myself or I don't want to work for someone else. I want to work for myself. For me, I was looking at the big picture. If I want to set myself up for success into retirement, why am I going to rush something that I want to go on forever? Mm. So I thought if I can work and master each level and feel really good about working at different types of companies for different types of personalities, for different types of industries, I am ultimately going to solidify my confidence so that I can, I will know the right time. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I took my time. I, I mastered, you know, the coordinator level or the intern level right before that. I just hustled my face off, right? And it wasn't about the money. It was about the opportunity. And so from each and every level, I got all the way up to VP. And that's where I, I was faced with myself in the mirror and said, okay, well, you could go on to the next level of president of an agency, or you can say, I feel good about all these levels. I feel good about how to close business. I feel good about how I can direct companies. I mean, at that point, YouTube and Hulu were my clients and they were actually listening to what I had to say. I was guiding these huge companies with strategy that was coming from my, my heart, soul, and my mind and orchestrating a team to execute. And the, and the results were awesome. And I said, you know what? I can do this. Now's the time. And I was thankful for all of the years. I mean, it was 13 years before I ventured off and started my company. But now with all of my employees and even my, my clients, I can look them in the face and say, I know at every level what anyone at my company is supposed to do. And if they all go away, guess what? I can do it all. I don't want to have to do it all. But that is what brings that confidence in your clients. Like, well, what happens if every everyone on your team quits? Are you one of those leaders who is going to, oh, you know, oh, crap, I can't do any of this? No, I put my chin strap on. And if someone isn't here to do the work, I have no ego in saying, you know what? I can even write the report myself or I can do the research myself. But I have my employees who also look up and say, wow, I have a boss who's willing to get dirty with me and, and get in the game and doesn't just push everything off. We're all involved. And it's because I, I know their job inside and out because I help teach it to them and grow their confidence. So that's how we've been able to grow so quickly and gain that confidence from our clients who many of them have been with us even since day one. Mm -hmm. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can attest to you doing the work yourself because when, when we started and, and I was the CMO and it was, it was you and like a, a like an assistant coordinator and it, I mean, we rocked it. It was awesome. We like killed it. And because it was the same for me, because it was yeah. like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple people, but it, that doesn't mean that because you have a couple people on your team that you're not putting your heart and your soul and your blood, sweat and tears into something that, that you believe in. And personally, I think that's a real sign of a leader is somebody that leads by example and not leader as in power or domination over others. 
So it's been, it's been amazing to see you grow and grow the business and, and even you're selective about your clients. Like that's another thing that I really appreciate. And I think this is a really important point to be making around, you know, when you do work that you love and it becomes life, right? Because you don't have a job. (laughs) This is, this is you, everything about you is what you do. You're also very cognizant around your time and your energy. Like, I think you work on a 48 hour clock. I don't know how you do everything that you do, but because you also like you're working on your golf game and, you know, there's so much that you're doing. But I also know that you're you're selective with your clients. You don't just take all the clients that come at you. And honestly, with all the awards you've been winning over the past couple of years, because I keep track, I know you're, you're winning all these awards, but you're you're giving every client the best possible of you. And that comes with the constraint of, of human time. So what's your decision process around that? And was that a hard decision to make to say, you know, do I double, triple my client base in, in moments where you could have done it in a matter of months? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. If you could just take us through that, that process in your mind, I'd love to hear it. Sure. It really all comes down to energy, whether it's someone I'm hiring or a client that I'm bringing on, the first thing that I pay attention to is, do I feel good around this person? Is their energy clear and good? Because I know no matter what your resume looks like, whether it's a CEO, CMO, or someone who's going to come work for me, if you are not in your best self and you are not vibrating at a, a, a decent sort of energy level, no matter how good that idea is, if you're going to be a client, you won't be successful. And the reason for that is people aren't going to want to work with you. They're not going to want to build with you. They're not going to believe in you. They're not going to want to invest in you. They're also not going to want to participate. You're going to get a bunch of people who, even if they were skilled in working around you, are going to be operating at a lesser vibration because if their motivation is just money, money is not the motivation. It's never been mine. It's I want to build with people because when you build, it's sustainable for the most part. And you're, you know, and if you are someone who's operating at a high level and a high energy, AP, this is why you and I just gigged off each other, man. <laughs> we freaking we can move mountains together. <laughs> This was like, yes, when I met you, it was by chance, you know, Dean was like, oh, why don't you come meet our CMO? We'll see what happens. You know, there was no, no promises on the table. It was like, let's just see. I met you like it was a blind date. And I was like, yes, I'd like to be with her. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I say yes to the dress and I will help this woman because I could tell your professionalism, your energy, you cared about that company. And I could feel that. And because you cared, as soon as I learned what, you know, the vision for the company was, and I also met a couple of other people there, I was like, yes, I'm on board to be part of the team and I will give you my energy because that's with, with any client, you have to give them your energy. That's what it is. It's your skill, your time, whatever, but it really comes down to, I'm giving you this. And are you just going to be an energy suck? That's going to go nowhere. I can't do that. So I I made that my priority. And then second was I had to believe with my heart and soul 
in that company and in the vision, because if I didn't, it wouldn't be fair. It's like me lying and saying, yeah, I really like, um, you know, lipstick and nail polish. Yeah, just so that I could get the money. And it could be great personalities behind the company, but I'm telling you, I like using nail polish and lipstick. Please don't ask me to do PR for it. It's not my freaking thing. I just don't want to. I want to get behind like tech companies that are changing the way we do things or changing the way we think. Like I get friggin' fired up on things that probably others would just feel like I was nerding out on, but I love to just gig out on stuff like that. Right. And so that is the, you know, motivation for number two. And that, that's why I turn companies down. If I feel like you're a jerk of a CEO or a CMO, sorry, but your money's no good here. I'd like to leave space for people who are going to make me feel good. Cause if I'm working 48 hours in a 24 hour day, I want it to be fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course. I mean, we have a short life in yes. so many ways and there's not enough time in the day to be caught mm-hmm. in a negative cycles. And we've all been caught in negative cycles and b- being able to recognize that is really, is, I think it's a really important step in in trying to discern maybe a, if somebody's thinking, I don't know what to do. I want to do something different. I can feel it. Well, you know, how do you, like you said, you said it right away. How do I feel around this person? How do I feel about their product or their service? Does it align? Like, does it resonate? Cause if you're, if I'm not aligned, then what you're saying is I'm not the best person for you. And maybe there are others who are super jazzed about beauty products and there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, it's just preference, but it's discernment. And you're coming from a place of high integrity because you can only give your best if you feel like you want to. I mean, ultimately it's like, do I really want to, do I care? Yep. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. It's, I work with integrity. I'm not here. There are even products. I'll, I'll be super honest. There was a company, I won't name it, but they create dog collars where your dog could basically call you or you could see what he's doing with a video camera from home because he's wearing this specific collar. And being the dog lover that I am, you know my Nala, mm-hmm. you know, the one question that I asked was, okay, great. Can you let me know about the testing that you've done on these products for the dogs? Because knowing that anything that has Wi-Fi attached to it or Bluetooth, there's a little bit of radiation around it. And so I'm not sure if that affects dogs and other ways it would affect humans, but I do know it's a thing. And the CEO literally in my face was like, well, we didn't do any testing on the animals. We wanted to make sure that the product worked and, you know, it's, it's Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, but, but really, you know, we didn't want to waste time testing. And I was appalled. Mm. And I said, so you're telling me you're selling products that you're going to put on animals that has you know, radiation because of the Wi-Fi and, and you didn't test whether or not these ki- these dogs could get cancer from this. And he goes, Oh no. I mean, we really wanted to go to market quickly. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. Your money's no good here. I am not helping you. I absolutely refuse that until you test this out and you as a dog parent, I look at my dog as my daughter can tell me <laughs> that I put this on her and she would be safe. I refuse. Mm. And I refused the business and I I passed it to someone else and I let them know why. And I said, 
If you have no qualms about it, that's on you. But I'll tell you, they need a tech PR firm. I know that you're accepting clients. And the funny thing was they accepted them. Mm. And and I feel I feel good sleeping at night knowing that I didn't. And it's just crazy that it's like, oh, okay, well, you did. And whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night. But like I said, money is a motivation for a lot of people, not me. Yeah. It's sustainability and feeling good about myself when I go to sleep because then the money just comes. Mm. It comes when you're when you're happy and you're doing what you love, and that's what people don't understand. Yeah, it's hard to. I I think you're a a rare bird in that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I came to it from the dark side of thinking that money was uh, what money very much motivated me in a lot of things. Even though mm-hmm. I contradicted myself a lot because I didn't go the super money route by like actually going to Wall Street and actually going that really deep finance route. Like whether it was my soul that was like, "Eh, I don't think we really want to go there. But in the back of my mind, I always thought money equaled success, equaled a form of validation. And that's been part of a big piece of my path of realizing that that is not how I am valid. <laughs> that I don't, wow. I don't need that to take up space, but it took me, you know, it took almost all my life until a few years ago to realize that. Did you ever have any experiences where I call this like integrity now, especially with you, like where you did something out of integrity and mm. is there anything that comes to mind, even something small where you did it out of integrity, knowing that it wasn't quite the right thing or didn't feel right. And if it had any repercussions. So meaning that I did the right thing and did it end up hurting? No, that you did something that you were like, I probably shouldn't, like it, it's not aligned with me, but I'll like, I'll kind of do it anyway, like begrudgingly, like you kind of followed your ego instead of your soul. Ah, got it. Got it. Let me think about that one. Mm, Followed my ego, knowing that it was the wrong thing to do. Really quickly, I have been studying a lot of Caroline Mace's work. She is uh, an incredible author and a modern day mystic. And she writes a lot and speaks a lot about, about energy. Yeah. Well, hearing you speak is, is uh, it's really aligned with what she says. But she and also a lot of other mystics in the space will talk about how we fragment ourselves mentally. So it's like we can fragment our energy, but we can literally fragment pieces of ourselves like our psyche and leave them behind or like leave them in other places. So the heart and the mind. So if your heart wants one thing, but your mind wants something else, you're, you're fragmented in yourself. So you can't, you can't find wholeness on the outside, if you're not whole on the inside. And when I hear you speak, what I'm hearing is somebody that has an inner conversation with the heart and the mind, but the heart really is in the lead and the mind makes it happen. And so they're aligned. So they have to go together and they go in a unified force as opposed to like, you know, one, like, you know, the, the, the mind beating the heart down and just taking off, which, which happens a lot, right? Because we chase. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was really interesting hearing you talk because 
that really came out for me the way that you're to me a really living example of having a unified heart and mind and energetically being whole. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to your point, my heart and my soul are in charge. Mm. They're always in charge. And, you know, I've left jobs because of it. I've turned down business because of it. It's also how I, how do I say it? How I've been doing it since such a young age Mm -hmm. that I don't know any different. And I, I don't think I could go any other way. And I think that's also why, you know, I can be in a boardroom. Same as you though. I've seen you do it. You're so kick-ass. Sorry if I don't know if I can. (laughs) I think that's an okay word nowadays. I don't know. Right? It's like I can walk into a boardroom and look people in the face. And oftentimes it's mostly guys, Mm -hmm. but I can earn their respect because where I'm coming from is a true and genuine place where it's like, I'm going to look you in the face and say, with all due respect, what you're trying to do is wrong and I'm not behind it. So if you want me on your team, we we either need to adjust or we're not doing this. And, you know, there was a company, you know, I worked for, for probably two months, maybe three in between Moby TV and Voce years ago. And this is where I really put myself to the test. I left Moby TV because this company wanted, they were kind of like the YouTube for mobile. Cause at that point, YouTube was only on, on desktop, mm. right? Like you could only access it basically through um, websites. Okay. It was early days. And they were closing all of these content deals and they needed someone who understood, you know, where the new digital wave was going. And so they, they brought me in and they said, well, you can build your own, you know, basically team and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we have an agency. As soon as I came in, they said, okay, well, we don't need an agency anymore. You're just going to do it all. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to need help. Like people don't understand what, what's going on, you know, with PR, you need a lot of arms and legs and brains. Mm-hmm. So I just said, you know, fine, whatever. So I noticed that that was a little funky that they went back on their word in terms of like, oh, you're going to build a team. I'm like, no, I am the team now. Okay, cool. So then we're closing deals with the likes of ESPN and Disney, whom Moby TV had previously closed deals with. So I had relationships with those PR people and all of that because of being at Moby TV. Now, being that 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 outlet was also just, you know, Back in the YouTube days, too, you could upload anything, porn, you name it, oh, anything. Wow. It, was, it was freaking the wild, wild west back in the day. And so that was an issue that they were facing that a lot of people were simply uploading porn onto this mobile app. And and I said, okay, so you're closing Disney and you want to write a press release. Now, here's the problem. I've worked with Disney PR before, and these guys... Like I have a, a reputation with them and they're going to come to me and say, is there anything that we need to know about your platform before we go <laughs> to this press release that we should be aware of? And they're like, it's not a big deal. We're cleaning it up. And by the time we close this deal, it'll be fine. So write the press release. And I was like, mm. and then they went and closed a deal with Playboy. And I was like, okay, now here's the problem. Here's a real problem. You're going to have family content stacked up against Playboy with no parental tools to keep people off of it. How are you going to proceed here? Well, Nicole, you're really overthinking it. You know, we're a startup. This is early days and blah, blah, blah. And 
and this was right after I got them a crap ton of press around an earlier deal. And it was just, it was really, really awesome. I felt good. And, and so I finally went to them and I said, you know, I don't have anything else in line. I don't have another job lined up, but I had already, Voce was actually talking to me before that. So I kind of knew that if I told them I was free, I'd probably get a job. Uh So with confidence and fear at the same time, I looked at them and I said, I'm not writing this press release. I can't do it. And I can't lie to these people that I've built relationships with. And I can't lie to press who will ask whether or not porn is a problem still on your platform. I won't lie. This is my future. And so we either need to fix this and you got to take it down before the press release goes out or I'm not writing it and I'm not putting it through the approval chain. And they basically were like, you're, you're crazy. And this is a great opportunity and you should work with us to make this happen. So I, I gave them my notice and I left and I was stumped because Voce couldn't hire me for at least a month. Okay. And I was like, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) What the heck did I do? Like now I'm not working. And, and I just, I had to let my fear subside and Long story short, Voce eventually hired me and I was so happy. And that's where I went on to work with Sony PlayStation and whatever. But I took my integrity with me. I took my relationships with me. And for that, I'll tell you, that company, no one will ever remember it because it went out of business. They never got a press hit from the day I left to the day they closed. Never once did they get any press after that. And that press release that they wanted never got written and never got done because it was someone else who had to look Disney in the face and say, yeah, there's still a little bit of a porn problem, but don't worry, we're going to fix that. Oh, and don't mind this, this Playboy you know, deal that we just closed either. So I did the right thing. And I'll tell you, it was scary. And I was freaked out being a mom and whatever, but I'll, that is something that I will take with me forever that I did the right thing there and that the universe had my back and took care of me. And that's why now you're right. Like I just, I, I have to work with integrity because working with integrity has gotten me to where I am today. And, and I'll, I'll always be that way. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I know how to do it the other yeah. way. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you know how to do it the other way. And in any case, like in all your years of experience, like that's a proven path. Like if it's not broken, <laughs> don't try to figure it Exactly. So that's a, that's amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know that story about that intermittent period, mm-hmm. but that takes, that takes a lot of faith in yourself. And, you know, like you said, like the universe or that greater force, whatever it is inside of us that says, you know what, you will be okay. And like, and I'm so glad that you're able to, to take this already, like two years into your new company in a really difficult sector to do this in LA, right? Of, of all places. Oh, yeah. Only two years in, you already started the nonprofit and you've been slowly, you know, slowly building it up and working on it and building the message. And, and so you speak at schools and, you know, it, to me, like, it's amazing to see that no matter what you do, you're, you're adding on something that's meaningful and that really is like an extension of you, like going into schools and, and having these talks. 
I'm just really happy that that you're doing that. I'm happy for the kids. I don't have kids. It's just to me, I just I respect it. I admire it so much because it's not it's not where I'm drawn. And so I'm glad that that you're out there sharing that message with them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, look, you know, starting the company in 2014, I do remember the days where I mean, there I didn't know whether or not I'd have clients that were going to be regular clients. I didn't know whether or not I was going to make it. I didn't know whether or not I was totally off my rocker in trying to do this in LA and and have it be hard. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that I stuck to it, I worked hard, I cried the days where I cried and thought I'm going to be broke my whole life because I've put my entire life savings into this company and what the hell, Mm -hmm. you know, like those days, knowing that not coming from much at all, knowing that I have a daughter who one day, you know, has to go out there and and earn her wings and do whatever it is she's meant to do. Who am I to like, not share that story with these kids who I feel uh, many of them don't have that outlet, kind of, you know, how sometimes I felt growing up being the oldest of nine kids. My mom was basically spread very thin. You know, she also was 15 when she was pregnant with me, 16 when she had me. And the fact that like all of us are well-adjusted children Mm -hmm. and that it is possible, most people would have looked at us and said, ooh, they're all statistics. They're probably not going to do anything with their lives. You know, unfortunately, the system is going to get the best of them. And because of my mom's I don't know what it is, probably just crazy belief in herself and her kids. She never once let us think that we were going without. She never once made us feel, you know, that that there was anything we couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And and so we were kind of masked from that. Now that I look at it and I really look at my childhood, I'm like, damn, we didn't have anything. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm like, wow. And and my brothers and sisters talk about it. We're like, dude, we used to think that like, this was just normal. And no, and it, it, it really wasn't. And it's like, wow, it's a good thing we didn't know we were poor. <laughs> we had no idea, you know, like it just, but, but how cool that we can come out of that and be like, look at what we're all doing. And so to me, I see so many of my friends you know, and my really good friend who is, you know, my ex who you've met, Bassem, mm-hmm. he went to a Tony Robbins thing. And I'll tell you, this guy was basically handed a money tree at birth, mm-hmm. handed. His, his dad is a very successful gas station owner. Mm-hmm. And so here he is, this kid of great means who didn't ever have to work. And here he wanted to date this person who who works 24 hours a day and just didn't understand. And I would just say, I I create a lot of meaning in what I can give to the world. I've got talent. I don't want to stay home and, and not use that. And I would see how depressed he would get. And he went to a Tony Robbins thing for a weekend and explained to me, and this was right around the time I was starting Young Dreamers, and he explained to me, oh, Nicole, this was life-changing, and I have the power to do this, and I want to go work, and I can do this. And I looked at him, and I was like, you're kidding, right? <sighs> And these were all adults who paid how much? Yeah, my dad paid about eight grand for me to go. And I looked at him and I was like, you're kidding, right? And it's, and I thought, 
So you guys are all these broken adults. We're all broken adults at some level. Yeah. yeah. So broken adults who have $8,000. Not every broken adult has that money. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I think. Why don't we go and start fixing the kids before they get to be broken adults? Why don't we give them the tools that that literally, I'm like, Tony Robbins is basically just telling you, believe in yourself. You can do it. It's a mindset, blah, 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 which is all amazing. And I I, I think the world of Tony Robbins, yeah. why, why is no one giving this to kids? Why aren't we arming our kids with these great thoughts now? before they become broken because all he was telling me was everyone was sharing their sob stories about childhood. Uh. Yeah, she was talking about this when it happened when she was 12. Okay, who's arming the 12-year-olds with tools on how to fix that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now? In themselves. In, In themselves. themselves. Yeah. And that was where I was like, oh, no, bro. First of all, this is going to be free to the, to the schools. Not one school pays for me to go there. Mm-hmm. Not one. This has been something that my company has paid for out of its own pocket. Eventually, you know, I would love for corporate sponsors to come in and whatever. But for the most part, this is stuff now that I'm like, hey, kids, this is what I did back in junior high. And guess what? It worked. Maybe you guys can try it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Kids are just so appreciative. And I have them Snapchatting at me like, Nicole, you helped me understand life. And this really helped me get through my day. And they... They'll Instagram me, they'll Snapchat Aww. me and, and they write emails and they've given us testimonials that like, wow, no one really told me that I could do this. And I'm thinking, wow, mm-hmm. we, we adults have, if we can and have that story to share, we should be doing this. And so that's my motivation and how and why I connect to kids. It's, I've been raising them since I was little, being the oldest of nine and experimenting with a lot of the things that I'm now, you know, sharing with them. But it's important. We're all broken at some point as adults. And I feel like if we can start from the beginning, we're going to have ourselves a much better world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We stand a better chance of self-correcting earlier rather than later. Yeah. No, I, I get it. That's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm excited that you've got, you said you have 10. Yeah. We have 10 lined up for the fall, which is, which is awesome. We've already, uh, of the 10, we've already gone to uh, at least five of them before and they're inviting us back and want us to come back every year. So we, you know, hopefully we'll just keep growing and growing and growing, but they're finding that you know, the, the different talks on motivation, self-awareness, you know, even bullying, things that we talk about, leadership, yeah. they need it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm just, again, still and always such an admirer. Um, but I know that you have to get going. You squeeze this in in between your, in between your client appointments. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing such incredible inspiration for the listeners and I'll include links to your social handles and your websites and even your podcast you do a PR podcast so thank you again so so much and the the world and the school system is a better place with you in it Aw, I appreciate it and and ditto right back to you I I think the world of everything that you're doing and I'm very proud of you. And like I said, happy to, 
you know, have been on your, your podcast. So thank you for inviting me. Of course. And I'm sure you'll be back. (laughs) It's been a pleasure and an honor to share this time and this space with you. You can find me on atapiaterico.com and on Instagram. Please send me any comments, questions, or stories you wish to share. And if you feel called, please share this with others who are also on their inner journey. When we share our stories with each other, we arrive at our destinations of happiness, fulfillment, and contentment much faster. Until next time, this is Ada Piedrico wishing you a beautiful journey within.